Hello and welcome to High Tea Obsessed. I'm your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and today's episode, I have to admit, I messed up. I made a mistake. I have been so busy planning an interview that I've got coming up and recording episodes for the super secret series TM that is coming up next month that I forgot to record an episode for this week. And it was supposed to be Snowpiercer. I was trying to set that up with the boys. Never nailed down a date to do so, and that is 100% on me. That is a foolish mistake, but you know what? That makes it, uh, that's life, and that is why I'm excited for today's episode, because I'm off the dome. I'm off the jab, baby, and that means whatever random things pop into my head, I'm going to be talking about that. I was talking with uh, Jeremy and Philip of Hail Reaper, how hard it is to go solo on a pod, and it is, it's very tough. And I have no idea if I'll be able to pull it off. So, you know, we'll see. This might be, uh, I might delete this and we'll be like, Hey guys, uh, technical issues, couldn't get a pot out, see you next week. I also might power through and crush this. So we'll see. You know, it is off the dome. I did give it a little bit of forethought, so not 100% off the dome, I guess. Here's what I'm thinking. We're going to be talking Jaguars. We're going to be talking my life introspection lately, plans for the podcast. We're going to be talking sports, my beloved Brooklyn Nets. They're hurting. Lifelong Nets fans, so don't come at me. They're hurt. They're beat up. We'll see what happens there. We're going to be talking, uh, you know, Madden. Maybe some news going on. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. And let's get into it. So, Jadwires. What do you know about them? What do I know about them? Jacksonville football team, right? Jacksonville Jadwires. Weird uniforms a lot of the time. Weird helmets. Not generally very good um they inhabit the amazon rainforest they are in mexico i believe central america at the very least i know that they used to be in the united states what i did not know is that the last jaguar shot north of tucson was in 1964 which was you know like what 57 years ago 58 years ago something like that uh that's kind of nuts so there's jaguars just chilling uh north of arizona up to that point and they were pretty common in the United States until the Civil War, I do believe. So anyway, why am I talking about Jadwires? I'm on Twitter the other day, you know, perusing as I want to do, as many of us are. Because Twitter's alright sometimes. And I see an article by Scientific American, and they're talking about how Jadwires could be reintroduced to the United States. And after a period of time where they're, you know, they're being monitored, they're being assisted to get reacquainted with their natural environment, their former natural environment, that they could thrive on their own. And just, you know, restore balance to the ecosystems they once existed in. And we've seen similar efforts with wolves for in Yellowstone, for instance. And they completely saved the wildlife in the park, saved the ecosystem. Buffalo, deer, elk, they're much more mobile. They're going around. Uh, they're, like, not just killing all the grass by eating it all. They're wandering around. The herds are being told naturally, stuff like that. You love to see it. In general, I think it's fair to say you love to see a well-balanced ecosystem. So, Jadwires, back in their natural habitats, tearing it up, they're going to be doing a couple things. One, throughout the South, and throughout a lot of America, but especially the South, wild pigs, wild boars, huge nuisance problem, destroying, like, they're destroying underbrush, they're killing livestock, they're messing things up in a big, big way, and because they're all, like, gross, the meat isn't good for eating, really, so a lot of these states, they have, they don't have, like, want and waste laws, so you can just, like, leave the bodies there don't have to eat them, don't have to pull them out. And it's just, it's generally a problem because there's way too many pigs. They breed out of control, breeding havoc on the East ecosystem. So what do we do? 
as Americans. We improvise, we adapt, we overcome. Jadwires released back into the habitat. Pages aren't ready for that, you know? And I guess deer won't be either, but, you know, deer population getting out of control too. We gotta curtail these things. So we got Jadwires. Jadwires have the strongest bite of big cats. I'm gonna Google to verify that, but I feel confident. Jadwire, bite power. Do Jadwires have the strongest bites? Let's see. Jadwires have the strongest jaw muscles of all the big cats. Their big bite force is around 200 pounds per square inch. Boom. Double that of a tiger. Great look for me, knowing Jadwire fats off the dome. No preparation, kid. Anyway, Jadwires reintroduced to their natural habitat. Makes me wonder, are there animals we should introduce that aren't from their natural habitat? One thing I know, snow leopards, they're endangered, right? So what if we take them out of their natural environment? We monitor them, we get the cool uh, satellite trackers on their nets, the cool collars, and we introduce them into the Adirondack Mountains. Hear me out. A lot of deer in New York, too many deer. They curtail the breeding population, right? Cold the herds, get everything nice, easy breezy where we want it to go. Uh, there used to be mountain lions in New York. There used to be wolves. There used to be all these other big game that would, or big predators that would regulate these populations of deer and other animals and i think that would help i think it would be kind of sick now you know snow leopards not used to the environment the environment's not used to them could be a bad idea could backfire so that is something to monitor but could be cool and i feel like they're more they're more skittish than you would give a mount like so mountain lions indigenous to new york at one point right definitely don't want them back because they're crazy they attack people. We see it on the news in like Denver, a lot of the, not Denver, but Colorado. And so I just feel like if we reintroduce them, that's a problem. It's going to be causing issues. Uh, we're going to see people getting mauled and people are going to come at them. They're like, Thomas, why'd you tell us to reintroduce snow leopards or introduce mountain lions? They're killing people. I'm like, that's on me. That's my bad. But if we introduce snow leopards, they're very shy. They hate people, right? So they're going to be hiding out all day. And then they'll sneak back in at night, and they'll be killing deer, and they'll be sick. So I just think, hear me out, we think about it, we contemplate the idea, um, I'll take your answers off the air. feel like I got a good handle on that topic, let's move on. Sports, right? I mentioned on Instagram, I did a poll, a lot of people were supportive of it, they were like, you know, do your own way, do your own vibes, do what you do. So we're going to be talking sports a little bit on here. In a normal episode, what I'm thinking to back it up, probably reintroduce the format that I had last season where I do a intro, uh, do like a little bit of a news, talk about stuff, a little bit of off the dome type thing going on there, but more structured than this one, and just talk about stuff pre-recorded or recorded after the actual content of the episode. Then I get into the actual topic of the episode with whatever guests, talk about that. And then at the end, I do the uh, pre-recorded wrap-up. I'm like, plug the pod, plug where to find me on the social media, all that good stuff, and then do the content recommendation either there or in the intro. We'll figure it out. Anyway, so I really, you know, I appreciate everyone who was like, do what you do. I also appreciate the people that were like, don't talk sports, man. What are you doing? I've mentioned it a few times, a few different episodes. I'm a big fan of the Brooklyn Nets, have been my entire life, right? And this year's been... Very weird to say the least. A couple years ago, they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the top 20 players. KD, when healthy, probably a top two player. And 
he's coming off the Achilles to at that point. He doesn't play all of last year, banged up a lot this year, hamstring, <clears throat> and various other ailments kept him out. Uh, then they, so that was weird because the Nets were like basically it's crazy weird. Like they had gone all in on trading for players in the past, uh, gave away their future. And from like the scrap, he found a bunch of really good players who were leading them to bottom seed playoffs every year. And it was organic. It was homegrown. They had like a nice Brooklyn hustle vibe going on. Like they had an identity. And then all of a sudden these two mercenaries come in and while they're great, it seems like they are dictating the culture in a different direction. And then the pandemic strikes, the bubble hits. Katie and Tyree both missed a lot of that season. Weren't in the bubble. Bubble nets go out in the playoffs, get decimated by the Raptors. But we fast forward, right? Uh, rumors go on. Harden wants out of Houston. He wants to go to Brooklyn. Doesn't happen until a couple games into the season. And then at that point, Tyree takes a couple weeks off for personal reasons. You know, we're not going to get into that too much. Uh, Kyrie, like I said, KD misses a bunch of time, and then Harden, who is generally an Iron Man, misses a bunch of time with a hamstring injury. Not ideal. You know, they enter the playoff number two seed in the East, one of the best records in the league. Juggernaut on offense, questionable defense because they don't have a lot of size, and they're just like a lot of weird stuff going on. But great vibes with the team. Um, but the weird thing is, so James Harden, Kyrie, KD, three of the most unlikable superstars in the league for different reasons. Kyrie. I think he he's just weird, um, and he rubs people the wrong way, is what I'll say. KD is very standoffish, rubs people the wrong way, and Harden is, I guess, like, he's played an ugly brand of basketball for most of his career in Houston, so there are questions of whether he could adapt to not doing that. I think that sums it up in a nice, polite way. So it's just weird going from this weird, scrappy, lovable team to this team dominated by three superstars who are all-time greats but are a complete 180 from how the team was previously so when we're in the playoffs right decimate the Celtics very nice five games great Harden gets injured one minute into the second round series against the Milwaukee Bucks not ideal at all but the Nets don't care they go out they go off games one and two destroy the Bucks lose game three horrible ugly game uh, both teams played pretty badly, but, you know, the Bucks came out with the W, and the Nets could have stolen it from them, but Bucks got out of there, and they earned that dub. And then we go to game four, right? And you're thinking, okay, the Nets are going to rebound. They're going to come out here. They're going to go off, play to their strengths. James Harden's still out. No big deal. Kyrie gets injured in the, I believe it was the seventh quarter. I don't recall now. But he goes out. Team starts playing really weird. Uh, bad Juju Majumpo, as the saying goes, no one's into it, gets smacked. So now, Kevin Durant is out there with a motley crew all by himself. He's got to try to pull this series out because Kyrie sprained his ankle. I would imagine he's out for this series, if not the rest of the playoffs. Uh, maybe he comes back for the finals. James Harden has injured his hamstring, as I previously mentioned. So, not great. You don't want him coming back too early from that, then missing more time later. And you also, like I said, he missed like a month with that earlier in the season. So it's not like we don't want to make this a recurring issue going forward. So that's tough. So we have to see if Kevin Durant, I guess, really, like, can he do it at this stage of his career? Can he put the team on his back and go out and win two of the next three games? We will see. You know, series back up, tied 2-2, home game seven in Brooklyn. 
Harden could be bad for that. Um, and it could be nice. I think if Harden gets bad for any of the remaining games, that is a huge boost to the Nets, obviously, even if he's not 100% healthy. <laughs> I just, I think even diminish Harden, you know, he's going to be doing shot creation. He's going to be doing some weird step at threes. And I think it will play huge dividends. So that wraps up in my Nets thoughts. But, you know, the NBA playoffs, they've been going on. There's other teams. The Phoenix Suns eliminated the Utah Jazz last night, which was Sunday night. So two nights ago for the podcast listeners. And I love the Nuggets, right? They're my number two team, which doesn't really mean much because I'm all in on the Nets. But I love Jokic. He's their Serbian center. MVP of the league this year. Lowest drafted player to win the MVP. He's just like this lovable, goofy he used to be fat, now he's just chubby, sender, uh, makes these crazy passes. He's like, Dirk and Jason Kidd had a Serbian baby, basically, and it's very weird, but he's awesome, and he's like a killer. He's super clutch, uh, better on defense this year and in the past than he has been earlier in his career, and so he, you know, he's rounding into shape, he's having an MVP season. His number two goes down, his killer, Jamal Murray, and he goes in, goes off by himself, Jokic is like, I got this. Michael Porter Jr. steps up, all that good stuff. They go beat the uh, Trailblazers and Sips in the first round. And then Chris Paul, he can't win in the playoffs, right? He's not clutch. He's not a winner. He can't get it done. Chris Paul took the Suns by himself. They're a perennial loser, perennial laughingstock of the league. Him and Monty Williams, they say, we're not losing. And Chris Paul rising Phoenix changes the culture overnight. They're a 50-win team number two seed in the Western Conference, the tougher of the two conferences, and beat the Lakers. Granted, you know, LeBron reeling from his injury, still not fully recovered. AD hurt. But what do you want? Like, they beat the opponent in front of them. Then they go, they sweep the MVP off the board. Chris Paul puts them to bed by himself. Not by himself, but Chris Paul puts them to bed in game four. Sweeps them off the board. Now, they got to, they have, they're looking at the Jazz or the Clippers, who are seemingly locked in a bloodbath, and the uh, Suns are going to be rested and waiting for whoever comes up. So hypothetically, let's say Nets are eliminated. I'm all in on the Phoenix Suns because I love Chris Paul, the last of a dying breed, if you will. He, you know, true point guard. He's going out there. He's looking to set other people up. He's like a classic 20 and 10 type of guy. He's not a Steph Curry, a Dame Lillard, where he's gunning. Right? He's certainly not a Trey Young. He's a genuine old school point guard and probably one of the last ones, if not the last ones we'll see. And also, you know, like I grew up watching him, so it'd be great to see him win that elusive title, cement his place as an all-time great. Because we got idiots like Skip Bayless saying he's not a top 15 all-time point guard. And it's just like, Skip, shut up, dude. You're an idiot. Anyway, we move on. So let me do something off the jack here. Like I said, I'm going to say Jazz win in sips. Uh, Nets win in seven. That is a homer pick. And then the remaining series, which I haven't talked about, are the Philadelphia 76ers, who I hate but are very good, and the Atlanta Hawks, who are okay and I do not like. Um, and I'm going to say Sixers in five. And yeah. So that would bring us to a conference championship, which would be Nets versus Sixers. I'm going to say Nets and Sips. And Jazz versus Suns. I'm going to say Suns in six. But 
a close six. Like, I think the Nets win in sets, but it's like, it's not necessarily a close series, even though it seems like it. And the Suns eke out the series in six wins, and then Nets in the finals. If the Nets get eliminated, I will say Philly beat the Bucks, and then Suns win in seven. So we'll see, you know? We'll see if any of that happens. So keeping the sports, Madden today dropped a weird, a very weird teaser trailer. They used the weird TikTok song that's like, says oh no a bunch of times. And Peyton Hillis was in it. Peyton Hillis was the cover athlete one year. Uh, former fullback turned running back who had like a random 1,000 yard rushing season for the Browns and that was never the same. And basically there's two goats on the cover. So people are speculating. They're like, what's going to happen? Who's who are going to be this year's cover athletes, which would be only the second time that Matt Madden has had two athletes on the cover at the same time. So we will see uh, two goats is leading people to believe it will be Brady and Mahomes because one of the goats was larger than the other. I'm going to tell you right now, I have an eye for baby goats. Did not appear to be a baby goat, so I could see it being Brady and Breeze because obviously Brady, tall, Breeze, not tall. Uh, in quarterback terms, so I could see it being Breeze and Brady. Breeze obviously didn't have the send-off season you would want. Uh, and I don't. I think as in a neutral fan, I didn't want that for him. I wanted him to go out on top because I'm a Giants fan. I don't like Tom Brady, but can't deny he's the greatest of all time at this point. Anyway, I think it could be Breeze and Brady. We will see what happens there as well. Moving on from sports because I'm sick of talking about it, frankly. What I wanted to do in my head when I was not planning, planning this. All right. So I think that brings us to the conclusion, which means I'm going to talk a little bit about my weekend. But the reason I'm going to be doing that is because it links back to the future of the podcast, my hopes, dreams, aspirations, and what I want to be going on, right? So this weekend, I went to a bakery in Kinderhook. I'm not going to say what, because I strongly believe in the words of Chris Ryan that there are no free ad reads, brother. Anyway, um, so I'm sitting at this bakery, delicious car- iced caramel macchiato, delicious uh, delicious bagel sandwich with sesame bagel, egg, mozzarella cheese, red peppers, and prosciutto. Delicious. Absolutely slapped. Um, and I'm sitting, and it's in Kinderhook. And there's this beautiful old house by me, right? I'm thinking about Marty Van Buren, 8th President of the United States. No big deal. I, you know, old Kinderhook, okay. What are you going to do about it? Think about Benedict Arnold because I was reading a book called Valiant Ambition about George Washington and Benedict Arnold. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is a beautiful, idyllic setting. Let me do a little bit of introspective thinking about some of my hopes, my dreams, my goals. And so I'm thinking about the podcast because this is something that's very important to me, something that I'm putting a lot of effort into. And while I mostly do, it's like a hobby. It's for fun. People listen and I'm like, it's so cool. And I've met some really awesome people that I never would have if I didn't do it. So it's really sick. And while I want to keep this fun for me, I do want to grow it too, right? Because why am I doing this? People aren't listening. I want to grow the audience as much as I can. So I'm trying to think best way to do that, best way to like keep the people that are already into what I'm doing. And so I'm thinking vibes, right? Because vibe of the first season was 
getting my shit together, figuring out how to do a podcast. The vibe of this season, season two, is let's experiment, you know, so I know what to do, right? I know how to do a podcast. Let's figure out how to get the audience going, how, what people like to listen to, what sort of topics get the biggest listenership. Um, and I'm also doing this special secret, so, or this super special secret series, TM, so that is going to be part of the experimentation aspect and then the deep dive aspect and unexplained all that weird stuff it's like twilight zone experimentation vibes right that's the idea so season three i'm already planning out and i'm thinking do i get into more long form content do i do like is the vibe baseball and what i mean by that baseball mlb at least the series are like three to five games against the same opponent so my thinking is it would be more than one episode dedicated to the same topic and so it'd be like you know i know other podcasts have done this this is just a random example but like do i do the zodiac killer for three episodes do i talk about alexander the great for five episodes stuff like that to figure out the logistics of that and that's just you know it's just kind of a thing so i guess the vibe of season three would be baseball and also still experimentation but another thing i want to do and i've touched on this a little bit in the past but so when I was conceiving High Key Obsessed, the idea was that it would be sort of like that, like the long form deep dive, like a Howler pod, like a Hail Reaper, like a binge mode, where I'm doing huge deep dives, season length, like season long length, about a set topic. So the initial idea was Avatar, and my friend and I were going to do 30 episodes just about Avatar. It would be 10 episodes, like we would do like a couple of episodes to get ourselves warmed up. We actually recorded a few uh, which I released briefly and then deleted because it's just uh, kind of did feedback from friends. But anyway, so it'd be like five episodes to ramp up, ten episodes on Avatar, the first season, and then we would take a little break, ten episodes on the second season, take a little break, ten episodes on the third season. And then in between our big topical episodes, so another thing we were going to do was probably Chronicles of Narnia. We were probably going to do Star Wars, stuff like that. Um, in between those seasons, we would do what High Key Obsessed has been so far, which is random deep dives into random topics. And so I'm like, I do want to talk about Avatar, and I want to do it the right way. So I don't know if the right word is season, I don't know if the right word is event, but at some point in the near future, nearest future, next year, I'm going to be doing an epi- a season, an event, a series on Avatar The Last Airbender. And it might not hold the original plan where it's 30 episodes, but I am going to be doing that. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm very excited for it. So that's going to be happening. So yeah, that's just what I got going on. I'm figuring things out. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in the future, what I want to do to balance this episode out, or to balance this, trying to figure out what I want to do in the future, try to figure out what I want to do uh, for the finish the season out, which I think I'm going to keep to the original plan for the most part. Generally, I'm just vibing and figuring things out, and it's nice. Here's something I'm going to try. It's going to be risky. I'm going to go back. 2020, uh, I read like 62 books, I believe. So I'm going to go through them. I'm going to give you the brief reviews. Like basically just read or not to read. All right. The Prince and Other Writings, Niccolo Machiavelli. I'd say read. The Art of War, Sun Tzu. I'd say don't read it. Common Sense, Thomas Paine. So I am a historian. I am a historian of American history and uh, wrote my big paper on the Revolutionary War. So I guess you should read Common Sense, but you don't have to. 
The Blade itself, Joe Abercrombie. Uh, I'm not going to grade it. I haven't finished the series yet. People love it. I couldn't get into it, but I think I just need to give it another try. West of the Revolution, An Uncommon History of 1776 by Claudio Sant. So this basically covers everything that was going on in the United States during the Revolutionary War, specifically 1776, I believe, besides the Revolution, and it is a big recommend for me. It's very good. That is by Claudio Sant. Uh, 1984 by George Orwell. Big recommend. I love that book. It's really good. George Washington's Secret Sits by Brian Killamead. Do not read it. It's horrible. It's bad history. I didn't know who the author was when I bought it, so don't hold it against me. Not good, though. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Margaret Atwood. Pretty good. Read. Time Machine by H.G. Wells. There are some good things. I'm going to say don't read. Blade Runner, but my copy is the uh, version that says, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the original title, which is an absolutely unreal title, and that's by Philip K. Dick. Read. Read that. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite books. Uh, Red Rising. You know, I'm going to say read. Golden Sun. I'm going to say read. Morningstar. Read. Iron Gold. Big read. Dark Age. Read. Roman Warfare by Adrian Goldsworthy. Um... I think, you know, it's probably worth a read if you're interested in that. It's it's interesting. It's like an overview of warfare throughout uh, Roman history. Stars of Independence, America's Violent Birth by Holger Hooke. So that book, it covers the American Revolution as a story of violence. And it's grim, obviously. But it is very interesting, and I would say read that. It's very much worth the read. Old World War Z by Matt Brooks, 100% worth the read. This guy is an author, and this book is so good that he got a job like teaching at West Point. This is The Way the World Ends, which is by Keith Taylor, and it's another oral history of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's not as good. I would say don't read it, but it has some interesting things. Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. Oh, man. Don't read it, I would say. It's not good. That's just me. Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Fantastic, and it has a great adaptation on Amazon. Check both of them out. They're amazing. Matt's Brooks again, Devolution, which is, um, so, you know, it's another off-kilter take on a story, and it's a, like, diary retelling of a Sasquatch invasion after an ecological disaster. Big time recommend it. It's awesome. It's very scary. I read it in a day, also. Lucy Foley, The Guest List, which is a murder mystery. Recommend. It was awesome. Again, I read it in a day. The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendricks. Don't read it. I didn't like it at all. There's some weird, just some weird uh, language, I would say. Lois Lowry, Number of the Stars. A little throwback to, like, middle school. Um, early middle school, really. But probably don't read it for no reason, but... What are you going to do? Mindhunter by John Douglas and Mark Allshaker. And that is obviously the inspiration for the Netflix show Mindhunter. Um, it's pretty interesting. I would say read it. American Predator, The Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century. I think I've read this book in about a day as well. Uh, pretty interesting. I would say read it. Boys Among Men, How the Prep to Pro Generation Redefined the NBA and Sparked a Basketball Revolution by Jonathan Abrams. If you like basketball, definitely read this. It's about, like, you know, the kids that went from high school straight to the NBA. And so it's the failures, the success stories, 
and it's just it's very interesting. Uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one. Oh man, I I say read it. It's it's good. I didn't like it the first time, but the second time I read it, I was like, this is awesome. Uh, Kanai Kanai Hannibal's Greatest Victory by Adrian Doldsworthy. I would say read. Uh, Doldsworthy is awesome. So, like, if you see a history by him, read it. Harlan Coben's The Boy from the Woods. Don't read. I mean, if you're a Coben fan, read it, but not for me. Ghost of Kanai, Hannibal in the Darkest Hour of the Roman Republic. This one is by Robert L. O'Connell. Very good. Uh, you know, big history kit there. Michael Lewis, The Fifth Risk. Read it. It's awesome. Very interesting. Alexander the Great by Philip Freeman. Read it. I'm obsessed with Alexander the Great, so anything Alexander the Great, I would say read. The Hobbit. Read. H.G. Wells, The Invisible Man. Um, Don't read. The Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois. Read. Um, so this was when I was... The next couple are from when I was working on my big thesis seminar paper. So some of it's like middle school favorites of mine, and then also like books about the Iroquois and the American Revolution. So Ranger's Apprentice, The Runes of Dorlan. Dorlan. If you've read them before, reread them because they hold, they hold up and they slap. If you're over like 20, I would say you're probably not going to enjoy them if you're just starting these books. Um, Pines by Blake Crouch. Uh, I'd say read it. On Contract, The Iroquois League at War in Colonial America by Daniel P. Barr. If you're interested in history and the American Revolution, definitely read it. The Hound of the Bastervilles by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It's my favorite Sherlock Holmes story. I would definitely recommend it. It's awesome. Ranger's Apprentice, The Burning Bridge by John Flanagan. Read. If Again, same thing. Blake Crouch, Wayward, the sequel to Pines. Read. Animal Farm. Read. Alexander the Great, The Hunt for a New Past by Paul Cartledge. Um, this one, it, like, it wasn't that good. But he roasts uh, Alexander the Great's best friend, Hephaestion, a few times. So that was kind of funny. But it wasn't that good. And nothing really new there. But like I said, I'm obsessed with Alexander the Great. So it's not it's not a bad read. Uh, Star Wars Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zane. This is the first of the Thrawn trilogy, the original one. So check that out. Rangers Apprentice, The Icebound Land. Same thing with the other Rangers Apprentice books. Uh, Seeds of Empire, The American Revolutionary Con Conquest of the Iroquois by Max Mintz. Read, I think this one, if I'm remembering correctly, is older, so it's a little dated, but um, it's a good background on the topic, I guess. R.R. Haywood, The Undead, The First Seven Days. This one was like a thousand pages. I counted it as one book, but it is... Eh. It's kind of worth a read. It's interesting, but it's very long and very repetitive. Because I think it was released serialized, so when you read it all in one, like, not in one go, but in one book, you're like, didn't he use this exact same language before? Anyway, uh, another Ranger's Apprentice, Battle for Scandia, same criteria, Wayward Pines finale, The Last Town, um, I would say read it, Star Wars, uh, Dark Force Rising, this is the second of the Thrawn trilogy, big time recommend, Ranger's Apprentice, Eric's Ransom, same criteria I recommend. Uh, Year of the Hangman, George Washington's campaign against the Iroquois. This one is more modern than the other two, but the it's still a little bit, I would say, not problematic, but it's um it's heavily Western perspective. 
and not indigenous. Um, so there's some good info in there, but you have to keep that in mind. And eh, it's pretty good. I would say read it if you're interested in that. American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Very good. I would recommend it. Star Wars The Last Command. I would recommend. I Am Legend. I would... Eh, don't read it. It's fine. Like, you can. It's no big deal. It's not that... It's not great. It's not bad. One Word Kill by Mark Lawrence. Um, this one I'm also going to give an incomplete. I totally forgot I read this. It's vi it's good, but I, I want to finish the rest of the series before I tell you whether to read it or not. Lovecraft Country. Excellent. Big time. Read it. Run by Blake Crouch. If you like Blake Crouch, read it. If you like Blake Crouch, read it. Uh, otherwise, no big deal. The Hunting Party. This is Lucy Foley's first book. So I, I talked about her in the beginning of this rant. I would definitely read this, but I would read it before the guest list because it's not as good and you'll figure out who did it if you know her her style type of thing and yeah those are all the books i read in 2020 and i think that just about does it you know that brings us to the end of my rambling the end of the podcast so what i'm gonna do is do a sign off and say thank you for listening if you did what you're hearing make sure to give us a rating and review on uh app podcasts and any other podcast platform that lets you do so Views are a big help, mostly because they just make me feel good. They make me want to keep doing this. I'm just like, dude, nice. People dig what you're doing. Um, and if you don't dig what I'm doing, you don't like it, just DM me and be like, yo, you should do this. You shouldn't do this. And I'll be like, cool. Uh, thanks for the feedback. And who knows if I'll listen, but I'll, I'll appreciate the feedback either way. Anyway, we're going to be found on Instagram at tea underscore obsessed underscore podcast and on twitter at high key o podcast and it's a weird twilight zone type logo says high key obsessed and there's a pineapple in it if you click the image and mostly i post memes and like random polls and stuff on there but i think it's a fun time and if you aren't like when i have guests i photoshop our faces onto stuff so that it's also a fun time and you know that's like i said that's all i got and i will See you next week when Snowpiercer is actually happening. Snowpiercer will be here. It'll be me. It'll be Mike. It'll be Chris. We will be talking Snowpiercer. We'll be telling you everything you want to know about it, and it's going to be awesome. So until then, stay safe out there, everybody.